Welcome to today's Community Cast. My name is Matt Morgan. I'm the pastor at Community Brookside, a new church plant in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We are so blessed by your presence, and we hope that today's content will bring you joy. All right, friends and family. So I I know that we're talking about um, love today because it's Valentine's Day. So I want you guys to, I'm hitting your chair here, buddy. There's a lot of little intricacies uh, when you're here live and in person that, uh, you know, plan on when you're just practicing because we practiced. We're like the Von Trapp family singers here at our house. Um, anyway, so as we talk about love today, I want you guys to think about your absolute favorite love story. Do we have one? Do you guys have one? No. You don't have one? Uh-uh. Favorite love story. Levi, you were telling me about one earlier. What was it? It's a, Speak up so everybody can hear you. What is it? It's a story that uh, Alexa says whenever I tell her to... Oh. <laughs> She's trying to speak to you. But go ahead. So it's a story that Alexa tells you. It's called uh, Puppy Love. Puppy Love. Uh, so that's one of his favorite stories. Uh, my favorite story. You don't have one? No, it's yours. Oh, she's the same, the same one that I have. Uh, my favorite love story, it's kind of not the traditional love story. So it's not necessarily about a man and a woman or two people who are in love with one another. Um, but it's a story about a deeper kind of love that's shared between a boy and his dogs. The story is called Where the Red Fern Grows by Wilson Rawls. And if you've ever read it, um, to me, it's just, it's, it's a, a true love story. Um, if you haven't read it, I want to kind of give you the quick synopsis. So it's a, it's a young boy named Billy who um, is very poor. He lives in Oklahoma here somewhere, um, and uh, he his whole life has wanted a puppy. And so he saves up his money, and he um, and this is back in a time when um, when uh, there was not so much automobile travel. There was a lot of trains, and it was kind of in the late 1800s, early 1900s here in Oklahoma, where it still kind of looked a little raw in Oklahoma. And so he grew up uh, wanting to hunt raccoons. And so he uh, decided he was going to buy these coon hounds, is what they were called. Uh, and so he ended up saving up money by doing odd jobs, and uh, he sent off via uh, the newspaper, he sent his cash in an envelope to buy these puppies, and they arrived by train, and he picked them up, and they were just beautiful. Uh, And so he decided that he was going to name one Old Dan and one Little Ann, and these puppies did a great job of learning how to hunt raccoons, and eventually they went and entered into raccoon hunting contests and Billy saved up all kinds of money and was able to pull his family out of poverty. They were able to move into town and it just was, it was a great, great story. Um, but the love that was shared between this boy and his two dogs, just the adventures they went on, the stories that, the, that he told um, through his retelling of this, this book uh, was fantastic. So it's not an autobiography. It's, it's a great story written by Wilson Rawls. Um, and towards the end, and I'm going to throw some spoiler alerts out here, uh, because if you haven't read it, I highly suggest you go read it. But at the end of the book, um, while they're out hunting for raccoons, um, they tree, instead of raccoons, these dogs, they tree a mountain lion. And so eventually the mountain lion comes down out of the tree and um, gets into a fight with the dogs and Billy comes in and he tries to separate the fight with his axe and he's, you know, trying to fight off the, uh, the mountain lion and um, in the process of being protected by the dogs, the dogs scared away the mountain lion. Um, 
but in the process, uh, old Dan gets a mortal wound. And so he ends up dying overnight. And then for the next few days, little Anne refuses to eat. She's just heartbroken. And um, she ends up dying as well because of her heartbreak. And so um, Billy buries the two dogs out behind the barn. And uh, before the family moves out of the area and they move into town, uh, Billy goes out and he visits the graves of his two favorite best friends. Uh, and this is after winter has gone by and springtime has come. And, and between the graves, there was a beautiful red fern that had grown. And so there's a Native American lore that says... Um, a red fern will only grow between two people who absolutely love each other. And it just so happened that these two dogs loved each other enough that the red fern grew between their graves. It was just a beautiful story. It breaks my heart. It's a wonderful story about true love and how sometimes love doesn't have to look like love between two people. Sometimes love can be between animals, right? Um, we had a couple of dogs that were kind of similar to this story. We had Madison and Max, and they were two sweet adopted dogs um, that I loved very much. Um, it ended up that uh, Madison got bone cancer in one of her legs uh, when she was 11. So she was relatively old. And, and at that point, we just decided that um, rather than have her hurt or go through a pretty painful surgery where they'd have to remove her leg, that we would just uh, have her put to sleep. And, and so um, in order to avoid pain, we had to put her down and, and then we buried her in our backyard and then it was literally just a few weeks later, our other dog um, was stopped eating and he uh, wasn't doing really well. And he got so weak that we had to carry him everywhere. We took him to the vet um, and the vet just basically said that he had heart failure. And so he literally was dying of a broken heart. And so we buried them next to each other out in our backyard. Um, if there are stories like that in your lives, we want to know about those things. Share those in uh, the comments because um, love even when it doesn't look like love between two people. Love is important for us to share. Um, true love is a commitment with a beginning, but it cannot end. True love changes us, if you've ever experienced it. Uh, we, when we are fully loved, it impacts us forever. And if we love people fully, we actually have the power within us to change lives. So today, as we talk about love, I want us to dive into a scripture that we're probably all familiar with. If you're married, it was definitely read at your uh, wedding because it, it is at everyone's wedding. Reading, wedding. Uh, it comes from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And so I'm going to read this to you out of the New International Version. If you have uh, a Bible there with you at home, I invite you to turn to 1 Corinthians. It's in the New Testament. It's after the Gospels and uh, it's not too, too far in, uh, but it's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So here's what scripture says for us this morning. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I do not have love. I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I might boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. 
But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now, we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So we have to unpack the scripture because there's so much there that is valuable for us to understand when we talk about love. So there's, there's this great thing that Paul does where he initially compares love between spiritual gifts, right? He talks about um, how, uh, you know, speaking in tongues, he talks about prophecy, he talks about knowledge, he talks about faith, and he talks about giving. He says that if I have the, that I can speak in tongues, and, and if I can speak with men and angels, uh, if I can do that, but I don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. So if I can speak in tongues, and if I don't have love, I'm just a noise. So what are some things that you think of when you think of a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal, right? Many of us don't hear gongs on a regular, have you ever heard a gong in your whole life? Uh, I might have. Might have. What about you, gong? Yes. You have? When? Oh, they, oh, so Levi does some coding, uh, and he does it at Code Ninjas, and they hit a gong. That's right. Um, I have heard a gong. You have? Okay. So, so gongs and cymbals are things that we don't normally hear on a, on a regular basis, but when you hear them, you recognize them, right? They are loud. Have you ever been um, around a parking lot, and you have heard a car alarm going off? I have. Right? You remember in the 80s, late 80s and early 90s when car alarms were taking off? Before people had them, no big deal. But once people got car alarms, it seems like every time you went to the mall, the car alarms would be going off randomly throughout the parking lot. And it happened so much that eventually um, you know, people stopped paying attention. When I was younger and I heard a car alarm, I would have to see what, what's happening, what's going on. Is somebody stealing a car? I don't know. I have to go look. But then it got to the point where everywhere you went, there were car alarms going off, and eventually we stopped paying attention, right? In the world that Paul was living in, oftentimes there was a lot of noise. There were animals dragging around carts for food and with supplies. Um, oftentimes there were other religious ceremonies happening throughout the temples and in major cities. Uh, there was constantly noise and smells, and everything was very, very loud. And what Paul is saying here is that if we don't speak with love, we just become another one of those sounds, something that people ignore and they walk right past. If we don't speak in love, people don't really hear us. Whatever it is we're trying to say, if we don't say it with the love of Jesus, we can't be fully heard. Think about how many times that we have um, seen somebody standing outside of a concert or a, a, an event or a football game or whatever with these signs that talk about the end coming and, and you know, people being sinners. Like, think about how often we hear people speaking through bullhorns, and nowadays we don't pay attention to the words that they're saying. Instead, oftentimes we walk right by because many of the times that we hear those things being spoken, they're not being spoken out of love. 
we have to speak in love. Paul goes on, he says, if I have the gift of prophecy and understanding and a faith that can move mountains, but I don't have love, I am nothing. Without love, we are nothing. We can have all the knowledge in the world. We can, we can move mountains with our faith, but we are worth nothing. Prophecy is hearing and relating the word of God to the people of God. We become messengers when we speak as prophets. And that's an incredible gift. But if we can recognize the voice of God and we can speak the voice of God to other peoples, but we don't recognize love and we don't speak those words with the love that God shows to us, our message becomes unheard. Our mission is incomplete. How can we say that we know God who is love if we can't even deliver a message of love. Paul goes on, he says, if we give everything we have to the poor and we can, if we have the ability to endure all kinds of hardships in the name of Christ, but we don't have love, we gain nothing. So now not only are, are we nothing, but we gain nothing. Without love, we already have all the things that we can have. Our reward is already given. We've gotten everything we have. We are complete we gain nothing without love in our hearts. We've always been taught as Christians that being generous is important, right? We give um, to the poor, we give to the church, we give of our time, not just our resources, but we dedicate aspects of our lives to doing mission work. Giving is important and we give out of love. Love has to be mixed in with all of the other spiritual gifts. Speaking in tongues, we have to do that with love. Interpretation of tongue, tongues, we have to give that message with love. Healing happens out of love. Performing miracles happens out of love. Discernment happens out of love. And we think about it, Paul gives us this incredible list of the attributes of what love is. Kind, not envious, not boastful, not proud, brings no dishonor to others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It doesn't delight in evil. It rejoices with truth, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love doesn't fail ever. So this is an incredible list of all the things that love is, but I promise you that is an incomplete list because love is so much more than that. Think about how often you've experienced a love like that. For some of you guys, you may never have experienced a true love where you have friends and family who love you like that. Love is very, very hard. And often the love that we experience doesn't look much like the love that Paul is talking about here because we confuse a holy love of God with the human perversion of love. There's a Baptist author named David Peach, and he tells us that the love that we're talking about today in the book of 1 Corinthians, it should penetrate every single relationship we have, not just romantic and family relationships. Love is not confined to boyfriends and girlfriends. Love should be shown at work, at the grocery store, and in the classroom. He's basically telling us that love is to be shared everywhere that we go because we know a God who loves us. I think a lot of times we just misunderstand what love is because we don't have a very good job of uh, seeing, or I, I think that humanity does a very poor job of expressing what love looks like, right? If the only love that you experience comes from sitcoms like Friends or uh, movies, you know, like uh, 
Valentine's Day or, you know, love actually. If that's what you're getting your depiction of love, you're missing out on some of the most incredible aspects of what love is. Oftentimes when our relationships don't look like those movies and TV shows, passionate, steamy, fast moving, we give up on those relationships, don't we? And that's why I think over 51% of our marriages in Oklahoma end up failing because we don't truly understand love. We've turned love into a feeling. It doesn't really require anything from us. It's just something that we, we feel, right? But true love, the love that, that Paul is talking about here in Corinthians, it requires action. It requires a sacrifice on our part. When we say things like, I love tacos or I love your shoes, it requires no sacrifice, maybe a, a dollar if we buy a taco at the Bueno. Um, but other than that, there's no real true sacrifice. You can't say, I love tacos, and you can't say, I love my best friend or I love my husband or I love my wife and mean the same thing, can you? So... I think about my kids when I think about love. I think about my wife when I think about love. I think about my friendships when I think about love, how I would give up anything to make sure that they have everything that they need. As a parent, I've had to wipe heinies. I've had to clean up vomit. Um, I've had to change diapers. I've had to sit with my sick kids. And I would do that as often as it takes to show them that I care. Sacrifice. Yeah, I've had to wipe your hiney, bro, and yours. So love requires sacrifice. Our relationships with one another, if we truly love people, require us to give up some things in order to show that love. Sometimes we're going to have to um, be the guy who owns a truck so we can help our friends move. Sometimes we're going to have to help our friends uh, bail them out of you know, terrible situations. Sometimes we might have to give money or time to making sure that our friends have everything they need. Love requires sacrifice. There's a difference between God's perfect love and our perverted love. And in the book of 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12, it says this for us, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent us his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. It's clear to us from Scripture that love requires sacrifice. It requires us to do things for one another. We have to live out of love. We don't just tell people we love them. We show them. Love is not, it's not a noun. Love for us has to be a, be a verb. Are you a loving person? Maybe we should all go back and reread constantly what Paul tells us about love in 1 Corinthians. We have to ask ourselves these questions. Am I patient? Am I kind? Do I let it go when people hurt me? Do I forgive? 
And do I do those things in my best moments? Do I do those things in my worst moments? If we find out that we aren't fully, truly loving in the way that we're called to be, we're going to have to make a change. We've been tasked to love a world full of sinners, sinners like you and me, that will let us down time and time again. To be more fully followers of Jesus Christ, we must love like Jesus loved, and he laid everything out on the cross for us. So friends, this week, not just Valentine's Day, but every day, I want to encourage you to love like you've been loved. Give the love of Christ away because people need it. On this Valentine's Day, don't worry about chocolate and don't worry about the cards. Don't don't worry about those kind of things. Instead, I know that your partner, your friends would love a phone call. They would love for you to give up some time for them. They would love for you to be a part of their lives, to show them what love looks like. So my hope for you today is that you love like Jesus and you show that to the world around you. So that's pretty much it for us this morning. I want to thank Levi and Alyssa for being here and for singing along with me and helping to lead in worship. I want to thank you for spending some time with us this morning. If there are prayers that you have that that we should be in in prayer about, maybe a friend or loved one who's sick, uh, maybe you have something going on in your life, throw that down in the comments. We want to be in prayer with and for you. Um, friends, please stay safe. I know it's kind of hard to get around in these times with the snow and the ice and the cold. Um, I know Michelle and Adam and and kids, Connor and Harper, we know that where you are, um, they prepare for these kind of things. We live in Oklahoma. We don't know what snow looks like. Uh, so I advise you all to, to just be safe. If you have to get out, you know, be very, very safe, drive slow, be cautious. Um, but try to stay home with your loved ones if you can. Friends, um, I want to be in prayer with and for you. I know that we've got some concerns among our own community folks who are still dealing with COVID. Uh, we have a whole family that we're praying for right now that's dealing with it. Um, you know, I know that Trina has, has gotten over it, but she's still suffering with lingering effects. So Trina, we're praying for you. Um, friends, this is what community is about, lifting each other up in prayer and loving one another. So seek to help one another this week if you can. Uh, My prayer for us is that we'll be together again on Wednesday. If nothing else, we'll be live on Facebook at 7 p.m. I can't wait to see you guys then and prepare for what God is doing through the Easter season. Thank you so much for joining us on today's Community Cast. We hope that you were blessed by today's conversation. If you'd like to know more about Community Brookside, please feel free to visit us at our website, communitybrookside.com, or find us on your favorite social media outlet. We hope to hear from you soon. Be blessed.